1 Peter talks about this. It says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. And so how do you have a breakthrough life? How do you have a life of adventure and of accomplishment? You know, not just this normal, mediocre, run-of-the-mill, just like everybody else kind of life. And so he's saying, you need, first of all, he starts with therefore. Therefore, and that means he's pointing back to the verses before. What were they about? Those verses were about what we just talked about, communion. It's about the death of Christ and how we could be forgiven and set free from sin through Christ. And it's, it talks about how the prophets in the Old Testament, they like eagerly desired to figure all that stuff out. They're like, how is God going to save us? And when is, is the Messiah going to come? And what are all the circumstances? And they just, they, they saw glimpses and, and pictures and they, they just didn't have the details and they were just like, oh, we really want to know. And then it says even the angels of heaven longed to look into these things, 1 Peter 1.12. And, and so all of this we know now. We know how Christ came, how he died for us, how he rose from the dead. And because of all of this, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, the first thing we need to do, last week we talked about it was identity. We need to know who we are. And then the next thing we need to do is we need to think differently. Change how you think. We need minds that are alert and fully sober. In fact, as we, we talk about this, alert and fully sober, I don't think it's just talking about drunkenness. I don't know when the last time you saw someone who was intoxicated but they're like not really sharp, right? Their reaction time is slow. They're not making good decisions. They might think they're sharp, <laughs> but they're not. And it's saying we don't want a mind like that. But this goes beyond drunkenness. If you marinate your mind in the brokenness of this world, in the lies, in the hypocrisy, in the bitterness, in the anger, in the injustice of this world, you will not be alert and fully sober. We need to think differently. And, and so what do we need to think about? Well, it goes on, set your hope on the grace. What is grace? God's undeserved generosity. Set your mind on the undeserved generosity that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Do, do you think about the coming of Christ? And, and so often on today, people, when they think about the coming of Christ, they think about all the bad things that happened before the coming of Christ, right? And they're like, well, this world is on its way, you know, because... These terrible things are going to happen. No, it's not talking about the terrible things before the coming of Christ. It's saying, talking about the coming of Christ to see Jesus face to face. And whether that's when we're all raptured up as a church and go into heaven or whether it's one by one we meet Christ when it's our time. But to think about, think about God's generous, undeserved generosity toward us in that day. Man, won't it be awesome to live the kind of life that when you see Jesus, you don't have to look at your toes and hang your head. But you could look him in the eye and meet his gaze as he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master's happiness. You think about 
what heaven will be like. So often we're told, you know what heaven's going to be like? We're gonna, it's just going to be awesome. This big choir singing praises to God for millions of years. Well, that's not exactly what I would like to do for millions of years, choir music, you know. And I, I do, I want to give you this one choir music story. When I, in the late 1990s, I was going to a Promise Keeper rally, and a bunch of us men were in the car, and we were in New York City, and one of the guys says, roll down your window. I'm like, what do you mean? Just roll down, your, just roll down all the windows. And so we rolled down our windows, and we could hear it. We were maybe a mile, a half a mile away from Giants Stadium, and we could hear 50,000 men singing. I think it was amazing grace. And we pull into the parking lot, this enormous parking lot for the, these football games they have, and it just got louder and louder. And, and just, I had chills up the back of my neck hearing 50,000 men singing praise to God. I could do that for maybe an hour in heaven. 50 million people singing praise to God, more than that even. But you know what? That's not all heaven is. Just, just can you imagine what if you had a perfect body? What if you could do anything? What would you do? You know, my boys now, they're, they're doing a lot of lightsaber battles. Thankfully, they're not real lightsabers or they'd both be dead. You know, but just... Can you imagine having the Archangel Michael teach you how to sword fight with his flaming sword? And then you got your own. Wouldn't that be cool? Maybe that wouldn't be cool. How about skiing down Olympus Mons? It's the tallest mountain in the solar system. It's on Mars. It's three times taller than Mount Everest. Can you imagine skiing down that baby and never getting tired, running and never getting out of breath? Some of you haven't run in a great deal of winters. Some of you can't run anymore, right? You don't even try, but just imagine what would heaven be like to see people from the past, you know, and talk to them. What was it like when you walked through the Red Sea, when God parted that water? And, you know, what? Just, it, it is exciting. We spend time thinking about winning the lottery and what we do with it. Well, why not spend time thinking about the hope that we have in Christ? Different thoughts. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. This is a classic put off and put on. We need to think about the right things, the good things, the pure, the noble, the true. We, that, that's what we need. We need to focus our creativity and imagination on what could God do if every person in Montrose accepted Christ as Savior? How would that transform our society? We need to think about those good things and not about the evil desires that we once had when we lived in ignorance. You know, and what, what if I won the lottery? Here, here, here's something that's true. I love money. I do. It's an evil desire. And I need to not think about that and focus on that, right? We all have, and so often the world tells us that your identity is your evil desires and your desires. Our desires do not define us. In fact, I have a problem when people call themselves and they say, I'm an alcoholic. Okay, I understand what they're trying to say, and so I don't 
nitpick or anything, but when someone says they're an alcoholic, what they're saying is, I will always have this particular desire and I need to not fool myself that I'm, I'm past it and set myself up for a failure then. So I need to always be on my guard against that desire that I have. But here's the thing. You're not an alcoholic if you're a child of God. You're not because your desires don't define you. Right? Jesus defines you, not your evil desires either. And people say, well, you know, I'm a heterosexual. No, you're not. I'm a homosexual. That defines who I am. No, it isn't. Your desires don't define you. They're just desires. In fact, what are desires? They're feelings. Your feelings aren't who you are. In fact, your feelings and desires aren't sinful. Right? It's what you do. It's how you respond to those desires and feelings that determine whether you're sinning or not. And if you, and if you respond with, I'm going to think about that and, and, and play that through and, and dwell on it and, and what if I had even more money than that and what if I, you know, evil desires. And so we need to think differently and because this is why we need to think differently because how you think determines how you live. How you think determines how you live. And here's what it says in 1 Peter. Just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. How you think will determine how you live and whether you'll be different or not. Holy means to be set apart. We think of holy as imperfect, and it it does mean that. God is perfect. He's holy. But more basically, it just means being different. And whenever there's someone that I'm talking to that I know is leaving to go to college or leaving to go into the military, one of the most common things I tell them is you need to be weird. You need to stick out and not blend in and be different because Jesus is different, God is different, Christians are different. And if you're, if you're not different, you're not following Christ. And it starts in our minds. Our minds are one of the few allies that you have in the Christian walk, your mind. In fact, people will talk about Christianity as as emotionally based, as this intuitive, non-rational belief system. Nothing could be further than the truth. Christianity is the most rational, logical, mentally uh, understandable philosophy and worldview that you could possibly have. Our minds are our greatest ally. We need to not follow our evil desires. We need to not follow our our feelings and emotions. We need to follow what's true in God's word and the hope that he's given us, not how we lived in ignorance before we knew what God's word. Do you remember when you lived in ignorance? Do you remember when you thought, like, this relationship is going to make me happy? And then it didn't. And when you, you wondered, like, what is life about now that I have the house, now that I have the car, now that I have the career, I'm still not happy and fulfilled, living in ignorance. And now we know that there is an adventure beyond what we can see that God is calling us to. And he says, don't live in that ignorance. 
think differently because how you think determines how you live. There's a man in our church who recently got himself in a great deal of trouble and will probably be going to jail. And it was less than 10 minutes of bad decisions, sinful, evil decisions. And I talked to him and I said, where did this come from? Have you ever done this? No. Have you ever done that? No. But there was in his mind, no one knew about, but there were mental patterns in his mind and things he thought about for years and even decades, over and over again. And when the opportunity came, how you think is how you live. And he destroyed his life. Some of you may have heard about what happened in Wilkes-Barre this week. A man was shoveling snow and he got in an argument with his neighbor over the snow shoveling. I don't know if they were snow blowing it onto his sidewalk or if I don't know what was going on. But they got in an argument. He went into his house. He got his gun. He came out and he shot his neighbor dead. And then he shot his neighbor's wife dead. And then he went back into his house and shot himself. And there's three people dead in Wilkes-Barre now. And we hear about things like that. And we tend to think, we even say, that guy was nuts, right? He was crazy. But you know what? He wasn't crazy. Our actions make complete sense if you have been listening to how we've been thinking. And for years, I would bet that that man, for decades, I would bet how he was thinking were things like, you can't disrespect me. You don't talk to me that way. I, I don't deserve that. I'm important. I won't let you are not, you are not as important as I am. You do not understand who I am. You won't get away with that. And I bet in his mind for years, for decades, he thought quite a bit of himself. And he thought that he deserved the respect of others. And he deserved for people to listen to him. And if they won't listen to him, they're wrong. And, and then finally, he just acted on it. And that's where, that's where our battle, we need to change how we think. That's the most important place. If you can think godly thoughts, if you can think about the hope and about Jesus Christ and about what's true and right. If you can do that, Satan will run from you. If you lose in the battle of your mind, you've already lost. It's just a matter of time. And it's going to come out in your life. And so we need to, to think right. Here's the last thing about our thoughts is we need to live for the long game. We need to think about what matters forever and not the short term. There is an important sporting event later on tonight. You may have heard of it. It's called the World's... No. It's called the Super Bowl. Okay? And you, do, do any of you remember who was ahead at halftime in the last Super Bowl, the 49ers versus the Chiefs? It's a trick question. It was 10-10 at the half, so nobody was ahead. Do you remember who was ahead at the third, end of the third quarter? It was the 49ers. Does that matter? No. 
Do you remember who is ahead with six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter? It was the 49ers. Does that matter? No. The only thing that matters is who had the most points when the game was over. Right? It doesn't matter you're ahead in the first quarter or the half or the third quarter. It doesn't matter if you're ahead with one minute left in the game. All that matters is the end. And, and God he, he focuses on the long game. We often overestimate how much we can do in the short term and underestimate what God can do through you in the long run. And that's how we need to think, not about, boy, what can I accomplish? And when we look at the world, we need to look at it that way. The, the, First Peter, the Jews and the Christian Jews of his day, they would have thought, why is everything so hard for us? Why did we have to flee the only home we knew? Why are we scattered throughout the Roman Empire? This doesn't make any sense. God, where are you? God, what are you doing? And then four, five, six years later, they say, oh, that's what you were doing, God. You spared our lives from a slaughter and you took us out of that and we, we just didn't know. We can trust God because he's playing the long game and if we're gonna be like God, we need, to, we need to do the same thing in the long run. Here's three in the next couple verses rounding out the rest of the chapter. Peter talks about three things that last forever. Number one, for you know it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. We tend to think of gold as lasting forever. You cannot destroy gold, right? You can put it in an acid, but then you can still reconstitute it. It is a foundational element. The only way to destroy it is through a nuclear reaction. It's interesting that in 2 Peter Peter says that in the end, God will create a new heaven and a new earth and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. And so even gold, even the most basic elements of this world, they're not forever. What is forever? He says we're redeemed, not with temporary things like that. Whenever I see the word redeemed, I think of slavery. Because the word redeemed is about buying out of slavery. So I was a slave sold to sin and there was no way I was getting out because, because I can't earn money, I'm a slave. And, and then Jesus showed up and he said, I love you, I wanna redeem you, I wanna buy you out of slavery so you can be free. And so what did he do to buy me out? If he had used gold or silver, my freedom would only be temporary because those things are temporary. And so he didn't do that. It says he used the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blemish or defect. God himself, God's blood paid for my freedom, for your freedom to be redeemed out of the slavery of sin. And that means it lasts forever because God is forever. And so what, what lasts forever? Number one, if you're going to play the long game, if you're going to think about what's really important and live for, for what's important in the long term, you're going to live for God because God lasts forever. You're also going to live for other people. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. 
Why? Because people are forever. Every single person in the auditorium today, every single person online, every single person you've ever met will live for all eternity in one place or another. People are important. In fact, that's why I'm so glad that, that all of you are here this morning. And let me just say, it's still snowing. You're crazy, okay? In a good way. Crazy in a good way. All right? We, we had the coronavirus excuse to not come. You have the Super Bowl excuse to not come, even though it doesn't start for another six hours, seven hours. You have the snow excuse, and you showed up. That's awesome. You're different. We need to be different. Right? And, and here's what really did my heart good after the first service is I looked around and almost everybody, we had about a dozen people headed for the doors real fast, you know, but pretty much everybody else stayed around and talked. And that is important because people are important. And church is not an event that you come to and watch. Church is a family that you gather together with. And so even if you're watching online, it's a family. Who is in your church family that you're going to talk to when this is over? And I want to encourage you, when this service ends, talk to people. You know, and you can talk to them about the Super Bowl, but maybe even talk to them. I'm, I'm going to end with a couple questions. Talk to them about those questions. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever come to church and had no one ask you to pray with them? Has that ever happened? My bet is 90 plus percent of the time, 95%, 99% of the time, you come to church and nobody asks you to pray with them. Think about it. Isn't that weird? The family of God coming together and we don't talk to the Father with each other? Let's be weird. Let's be different. Let's live for things that matter in the long run. One another, loving one another. And then he finishes the chapter with this. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, like gold, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. That's the other thing that lasts forever, the Bible. For all people are like grass. And that's not talking about our souls. It's talking about our bodies. Our bodies are, are not going to last long. This one, according to the actuary tables, has 30 years left, okay? And then it's gone. And I'm sure those 30 years will go by quicker than the first 30 plus. All people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. And so live for God's word. So how do we do that? Here's two questions. What, what are you reading, watching, or thinking about that you just need to stop? And maybe you're just obsessed with that perfect home. And you're looking at that, you know, and maybe you're looking online at the different homes for sale or you're going through different, just stop. Is there anything wrong with the perfect home? No, but it's just going to burn and it's temporary. And maybe what you think about is, 
is, is you're just obsessed with the hypocrisy and, and the lies in the media and the politics and all that. Just stop. Either run for office and fix it or just stop. You know, I have this individual who mails me, you know, emails me videos on federal monetary policy. Just stop. I can't do anything about federal monetary policy. Like, what? what? That, that, I don't need to think about that. I don't need to read about that because that is temporary. I need to think about the people in my community. I need to think about my neighbors. I need to think about my family. I need to think about my church. I need to think about God's word. I need to think about God. So are there things, maybe they're not even bad things, that you need to stop and think differently? And then how can you focus on the eternal? So it's not enough to just, okay, I'm not going to that, that whatever, that all those daydreams I used to have about winning the lottery, I'm not going to think about that anymore. You got to replace it with something else. And so what are you going to focus on and replace that with? Here's some ideas even. Imagine how you can love other people. Man, wouldn't it be great if I had a million dollars? Well, I don't, but I got 50 how could I use $50 to bless somebody? You know, or, or thinking about the word of God. Maybe you memorize God's word. And uh, I was talking to my 10-year-old and he said, that verse in Voyager, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He says, we have to memorize that every year, dad. Like, Isn't it awesome? Yeah, because I actually remember it, so I get points and I don't have to work. Like, that's that's great, memorizing God's word. Or maybe reading God's word and, and writing your thoughts down about what the Bible says. Just dwell on things that are forever. That's how you get a breakthrough life. Breakthrough life, it's doesn't just come to you as a story. It takes some work, it takes some effort, and it especially means thinking differently so you can live differently. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just, I do thank you for your word that it can direct us to be different. God, I just thank you for bringing me out of, out of this illness, the coronavirus. I pray for those in our church family who are still struggling with it. I pray for Ben. Lord, that you'd heal his body completely. God, I pray for Jesse Wells, that you'd heal his body of this cancer. But God, most of all, that you would give him a life of adventure, a breakthrough life that makes a difference for eternity in the lives of his kids, in, in Marta's life, and his neighbor's lives, and his friends' lives. God, I pray that not just for Jesse, I pray that for every single one of us here, that, that we would have breakthrough lives, that we would be champions, not that the world would look at us as champions, they'd probably see us as fools, but that you would see us as the champions you made us to be, that we would fulfill your dreams and your, your hopes for us being